Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 26th episode of your new favorite internet show, VisionCon Live. I'm your host, Zach Wilson, but you didn't come here to see me today. You came to see the man of the hour. He's Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon, Prompto from Final Fantasy XV, Akechi from Persona 5, just to name a few. He's the legendary actor and Casanova himself. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the one, the only, Robbie Damon. Robbie, how you doing today? What's a Casanova? My wife is going to kill you. Uh, I haven't been at Casanova in like five years. Come on, give me some slack. <laughs> See, I, I was looking up on social media to make sure I was using that word correctly. And there was that phrase of the word, but there was also the phrase of the word that just means like, you know, a good looking guy. Ooh, baby. Well, I'll take that. I'll take that one. I'll take Bitch. that one. Thanks. Speaking <laughs> of that, before we begin, Robbie, I got to come claim with you about something. Okay. So I reached out to you. Uh -oh. And I was super excited. I've been a fan of your work for years and was stoked when you said, yes, you'd be on the show. I'm, so I'm, afraid there's a, I'm afraid there's a butt coming. I'm scared. I'm scared. Well, there is one, but it's a positive one. But okay. I'm researching you. You know, my girlfriend's with me, so she can uh, attest to this story. And sure. I'm looking at you, and I look at her. And I'm like, is mm -hmm. it just me? Or is he outrageously, dare I say unfairly, good looking oh well, like, like I just you don't get to be handsome and massively talented what is going on here i feel this is a lot this is a lot of complimenting right out of the you're about to make right. a brown man blush I, right, uh, right out the gate well, <laughs> listen uh that's very nice that you would think that i don't have anything to do with it it was all my mama it was all my mama gotta give yeah, credit where credit's I've been, due i've been trying to do everything i can during quarantine to ruin it just, just, just not, scruff it up. Just uh, throw it all out the window. Successful, I will say. But Robbie, as I mentioned, you know, you're an incredibly talented and legendary actor and voice actor. But what I want to get to is how did we get here? You know, you know, obviously, you know, you're very well known. But was this always the plan, or did something happen somewhere down the middle that kind of led you to where we are today? Ah. I wouldn't say it was always the plan to be a voice actor, but it was pretty much always the plan to be an actor. Like I started when I was little, little in the normal ways, you know, school plays and stuff. And then I took a pretty big leap when I was younger. I started doing professional theater, you know, uh, when I was 10, 11, that sort of thing. And, uh, and then just sort of found out that I had a passion for it and an aptitude for it. So um, I pursued that pretty pretty straight i mean i did other stuff you know i played sports i was in a band i did you know debate and all the other stuff that you do in high school and college and all that but um ultimately i i went to college and got a scholarship for it and then i went uh, transferred and got another scholarship and then i went to graduate school and uh, uh did my graduate studies in in theater and then when i was 25 i moved out to la and i knew in the back of my head that voiceover was something that i wanted to pursue but um you know, I did a couple of years chasing the, the on-camera monster a little bit, which was fun, but ultimately not for me. And then uh, about 10 years ago in 2010, I sort of, you know, quit all the side jobs, the bartending and catering and, and all the hustles and um, was able to just do voiceover full-time since then. So that's sort of the, 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 the truncated long version of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. The superhero origin story, which yeah. on that note, a lot of people know you as Spider-Man in a sure. of different Spider-Man IPs. Kind of, how was it you got that role and kind of kept on voicing this character throughout the years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think we have an episode premiering today for our Maximum Venom arc. I'm not sure on Disney XD. I think so. 
But uh, let's see. Uh, I auditioned for Spider-Man way back when I was first starting, like in the in the tens, and I was like uh, top, you know, three or four or five or whatever. But I came to find out I was second choice for Ultimate Spider-Man, which ended up being Drake Bell. And uh, so I remember all those auditions. And they must have kept me on their list because um, just one day I got a normal call from my agent and I was like, hey, can you be at this studio at 5.30? They got it. They want to see you for the show. And it was codenamed. I didn't know what it was. Didn't really put it together. So it was like Dragonfly or something like that. And then, uh, but I recognized the archetype and, and did it. And, um, and then I got the call like a month later and we started production. I think that was back in late 2014 i want to say maybe 20 early 2015 something like that it's been the better part of five or six years because it takes time we debuted the show in 2017 and then since then i've done it in um a bunch of video games and uh and comics and promotional stuff and like anything at disney that you see that's live like disney cruises or the parks where spider-man's jumping around that's my voice some dude being like i'm spider-man uh yeah but it's my voice so uh yeah and then you just kind of do it until you're 10 years up and then uh and then i'm sure you know a, a year or two down the pipe somebody else will take over the mantle and that's sort of the way that it goes yeah yeah but well, you, i'm honored it's my favorite superhero so super stoked about it yeah good. well do you find that because it was relatively early on in your career that mm -hmm. you know you have definitely had a quick rise to fame you know be it you mm -hmm. know it's 2020 now you start around the 2010s mm -hmm. you know do you attest a lot of your uh, early success anyway to landing that role of spider-man i hadn't i didn't have it i mean i didn't i mean i mean i, I didn't have that until i had didn't have that until 2015 my first few years as a working voice actor were very much like a grind i just did uh i did I didn't really do my first video game until 2014. Uh, I was doing cartoons mostly for like features and, and, and guest stars on shows. Like my first one was Transformers Rescue Bots. So um, yeah, I was doing like cartoons and commercials and, and whatever I could get my hands on. But um, yeah, I don't think really people took that much notice of what I was doing, which is fine. That's not why I'm in it. But like until uh, I would say, 2016 with the release of uh final fantasy 15 i feel like that's one that like really kind of went boop oh here's this guy i know him from that and then it's it's funny now these days i watch people watch shows that i did you know six seven years ago they never saw they're like oh my god it's you i was like yeah i've been doing this for 10 years just because you <laughs> didn't know about me until last week doesn't mean i haven't been doing it for 10 years so uh yeah yeah it's funny like in articles uh, as early as like 2018 they were calling me like up and comer, new voice actor. And I was like, how long do I have to do this before I, I get that moniker is gone? And then now finally I'm getting like stuff like, oh, veteran and so-and-so. So I guess the answer is 10 years. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take it for as long as I can get it. Yeah. Well, any, any voice actors watching this right now? Yeah, the answer is 10 years. But speaking <laughs> of Final Fantasy 15, you do voice one of the main characters, Prompto, Salt of the Earth. Prompto, <laughs> kind of how did you land that role and kind of what is Prompto and just Final Fantasy 15 in general kind of meant to you in your career? Well, that's a great question. Uh, Final Fantasy 10 is my favorite video game of all time and it's one that I played, uh, gosh, what would be freshman year, 2001, freshman year of college. So I, 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 it was also the first fully voiced Final Fantasy and it like put this click in my head while I was in undergrad theater studies where I was like, oh, this is going to be a thing. There's going to be video games this big in scope. And my brain just went, well, that's just more work. Mm -hmm. so, for, for, so that's really the game that planted the seed in my head that professional voice actor was a real 
job. I knew people did cartoon voices and voices on TV and commercials, but that was like, it felt like something else. This was like, oh, this is something I'm playing right now. Maybe I can do that someday. So, uh, so then when the auditions came around, uh, it was codenamed again, because everything's a big secret in, in, in LA. And, um, right away I saw the concept art and I knew it was uh, Final Fantasy and I was already recording Final Fantasy type zero so uh, I kind of just wrote it off I was like eh, I'll do the I'll do knocked and I'll do prompto I'll do these two guys and then I'll, I'll send that off and eh, whatever I'm not gonna get this because I was doing type zero and I thought that's my final fantasy I won't do any prob probably end up getting cast and then I had callbacks and read for both and obviously prompto was the right choice and uh and yeah that's it it was very I wish it was like magical like someone was like you get over here but uh no it's it was just uh it was just another day at the office sort of like another audition that you we, we do thousands of them sure. so you you never know what's going to be one that just pays the bills that day or one that's going to be something that could potentially define a big portion of your career and that just happened to be one of those yeah and i'm really fortunate it was from a franchise that not only am i familiar with but that i i love so yeah i've been really lucky that way spider-man's my favorite hero final fantasy is my favorite video game i mean like getting to cross off those boxes as sort of a undercover nerd that's like uh that's a really fun part of my job too yeah. Well, the Final Fantasy XV crew also kind of stuck with you throughout your career because mm -hmm. some people, to those that may not know, you also have are part of a Twitch channel with uh, some <laughs> of your Final Fantasy XV co-stars. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. My buddies Max and Ray, man, we all kind of came up in the video game and anime scene uh, at the same time. They're younger than me, so they were just sort of starting voiceover. And I had been doing it for a while. Like Max's first ever guest spot was on a cartoon that, that I was starring on. That's when I first met Max. And, but didn't even realize it because he was only in for, you know, a day. And he was like fresh out of college, like, like really talented, but like a new kid. And then uh, Ray contacted me after the Final Fantasy 15 trailer dropped because some people had figured out who I was. And, uh, and he was like, hey, are you this guy? And I was like, uh, I don't know if I can tell you that. And he's like, because I'm this guy. So like, okay, well, come hang out. And the rest is history. That was six, six years ago, six, seven years ago, maybe. And uh, get, became fast friends with both of them. And, and then we started doing conventions together because a couple of properties uh, blew up, like my Max's One Punch Man and then Final Fantasy and Persona 5 and all these things that kind of we were in together that blew up at the same time. I was like, guys, I want to do something special for these cons. Uh, I, I love the Q and A's and, and the signings. I love meeting the people, but I want to do like a show. And both of them had theater backgrounds and improv and comedy backgrounds. And I was like, what if we did a variety show live and a, a 60 to 90 minute show that was made for con convention goers. Uh, and we did, we worked on it for a year. We workshopped it and ran it through a bunch of different phases and did everything. And we've been doing that show live on the road now for, uh, next year will be five years and we've done hundred like we're, we're creeping up on a hundred shows around the world so uh yeah so we became so if i'd never done those projects i wouldn't have met those dudes and my life would be completely different so uh yeah yeah it's it's weird the way that happens yeah kind of snowballs one thing after the other which you mentioned another project you did that i did kind of want to touch on that of course persona 5 now you voice a catchy which, without any spoilers, Persona 5 Royal came out recently, so I'm not going to touch on any huge story parts, but it's sure. a very polarizing and interesting <laughs> character. So do you kind of want to touch a little bit on uh, kind of a catchy and just kind of how joining another major uh, JRPG franchise 
in mm-hmm. Persona. Kind of how was that? Well, I didn't know anything about Persona. That was one where I came in blind. And Max was already, I don't know if he's already cast or something. And uh, I don't even remember if I read for Akechi. I'd have to look back at my stuff. I don't know if I auditioned or not. That might have been a, again, I'm not sure. Or if that was like the last role they were casting and I read for it. I, I don't remember because I didn't read for anybody else. So, uh, so anyway, yeah. And he was like, no dude, Persona's huge. People love Persona. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, like, cause I, anytime you think like, oh, this thing's awesome. Everybody's going to love it. Sure. Then, then you go, you might as well just write it off. Like, you know, <laughs> but I listened to Max and I was like, okay, cool. Well, so, um, so like I always, I just went in and did my thing and, uh, it blew my mind the, how much people love that, that stuff. Like, I mean, it, it it's a really quality video game. I get it, but people connect with it and love it. And now if you look, it's like my most searched character connected to my name. So I just go, wild man, who, who, who'd have thought? And then I got the opportunity to go in and do uh, almost twice the content with Royal for, for, for my character. And uh, it was really, that, that kind of opportunity doesn't come along very often. To have something release, run its lifespan, and then two years later to be like, hey, we're back with more of this thing that you love and it's not even a sequel. Like that's, you know, that, that, that's huge. Yeah, I've really, I've really enjoyed my time with Persona and the Persona fandom. I think that, you know, regardless of what you think about my character, people have been uh, really nice about uh, my performance in that game. So that's, that's all you can ask for. The fans have been dope. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Of course, of course. Yeah, your performance is next level and you're very talented, like I mentioned, but you also have a lot of fun with the character. And I did want to touch on something else that you did kind of fun with uh, Akechi, you know, rather recently. Uh, guys, if you uh, look up Robbie Damon on YouTube, you'll be able to find it. But uh, you actually have a great singing voice as well as talking voice. You got some bars. So kind of, how did, uh, how did that kind of YouTube channel kind of fun stuff with those voices kind of come to play? My YouTube channel came to existence because when we started doing uh, Cons with the Boys, we posted some like Instagram videos or whatever. And one person on Twitter, uh, I'd love it if you're out there somewhere, I would love to thank you because I don't know who you are. I don't remember, said, you should do a vlog. And I was literally like, what's a vlog? <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. So uh, I started doing vlogs of our sort of travel adventures uh, on YouTube just for like, I don't, I don't make any money from it. I don't, you know, it's not like a professional endeavor. It's just something I thought the fans would enjoy that. And so I learned how to edit videos and I threw those up and had a lot of fun with them. And then I was like, well, what else can I do with my channel? That I, what's, what are fun things that I like to do in entertainment that, that the fans would enjoy? And um, because I already make a great living doing the voiceover part of it and the fans are a big part of it too. So my idea was, well, okay, they like the vlogs, but like, what, what other content could I create? So uh, last year I had the idea, I was like, well, what if I sing like duets with other voice actors from properties that people liked? So this was kind of an idea that was just kind of cooking up. So the first one I did with uh, the voice actors from Luna, we sang a song. And then the second one I did, I did with uh, Xander Mobus, who played uh, Joker. And we were like, I was like, Xander, what do you want to sing? I was like, I, I usually like to have the guest of the duet pick their song. And they're like, he's like, I don't care as long as it's like something jazz or classical or musical theater. And I was like, all right, I'll try to find something. So then I found this, this song uh, from a, from a musical not a, lot, not a lot of people know. And uh, we did this duet and uh, yeah, it was awesome. It just blew up. People really liked it. I think it's creeping up on like 900,000 views or something like, and I don't, 
have a following on YouTube. I think I've got like 20,000 followers or something like that. So the, the fact that it got that much, that got circled, like it must've jumped in the algorithm somehow. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, people really seem to like it. And I, I, I get lots of fan art and all kinds of stuff. And somebody made a storyboard out of it that has like 350,000 views. Like it's absolutely wild. So um, yeah, those things are, I don't know. I just do them for fun. And if they, if they, if they catch, they catch. And I'm like, dope. And that one, that one did. And it doesn't hurt that Xander is such a great, such a great uh, singer. So it was really, it was really fun. Fair, fair. Well guys, speaking on that, since we're kind of in the halfway point already, I did want to mention that we have a bunch of links, including the YouTube channel of Robbie Damon in the live chat right now, if you're watching this live on Facebook, thanks to the wind beneath my sails, Marissa Pence. Thank you, Marissa. Love you as always. But if you're watching this later on YouTube, they're going to be down in the description below. And before we continue, guys, if you're watching this live on Facebook, you still have time, if you haven't already, to either message VisionCon directly your questions and comments for Robbie Damon or put them in the live chat because at the end, we'll make some time for a few comments and questions, guys. But with that said, we'll move on to a character that I would be remiss if we did not talk about. It's one of your most famous, and that, of course, is the one and only Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon. <laughs> now, sure. Tuxedo Mask is a very <laughs> interesting character to a lot of people. The reason I like him and the fact that I, I kind of find that a lot of people like him is that he kind of flips the script on the whole kind of damsel in distress thing. Yes, he helps the Sailor Moons, but he they definitely kind of accentuates their kind of powers and kind of abilities as well. So kind of what was your take on you know getting the role of tuxedo mask and kind of what has he kind of meant for your career uh yeah i mean that was my first uh my first anime booking uh which was in 2014 for the viz comprehensive redub so they did a whole new cast of, of a set cast yeah. and i didn't know what it was for because uh, i knew there was crystal in the works so that's kind of in the back of my head what i thought it was and then i went into my first session and there was, you know, 1990s Tuxedo Mask on the screen. And I was like, oh, snap, what are we doing? And they're like, yeah, we're redubbing the, the whole 200 episodes, four movies, and you're going to be doing Crystal later. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let's do the thing. Let's be the voice. And, uh, and it was my first ever anime. I'd never really dubbed any anime. Uh, I, I had done some live action dubbing really early in my career, but I hadn't done any for, you know, probably five years. Sure. And um, I was like, oh, okay. But before I went in, I did watch some of the old show. I watched some of the old show. I, I looked through some of the comics. I kind of got like an idea of who this dude was. And I was like, okay. And then we worked together with the director and figured it out. And we, we came up with this sort of Mamoru that was this sort of cheeky, snarky, smart, like kind of Bruce Wayne type, you know, sort of sassy, gives Sailor Moon a real hard time and uh, in the streets. And then when he's Sailor, when he's Tuxedo Mask, he's got this sort of, bombastic poetry spouting little bit of 90s cheesiness to it and uh, I think people really gravitated toward it because it's just so silly like you can get away with saying the silliest stuff with tuxedo mask so uh, that was a blast man we you know that was another four years of my life and my foot in the door into the anime world mm -hmm. so and this all happened around the same time those two years for me sort of like put me into that sort of space outside of just cartoons and commercials and audiobooks and stuff so i got i got to i got my i got my weeb stamp in 2014 and 25 just boom, right on my forehead i'll take it it's the best thing i ever did uh so yeah yeah i i love i love that character i would come back and do it for as long as i'd be allowed and then if there's somebody else that comes after me i'll give them 
I'll give them the old rose petal blessing for sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. sure. Well, you kind of touched on the fact that you've kind of done a little bit of everything. You know, you've done anime, cartoons, video games, commercials, audiobooks. Kind of, do you find that you kind of have a preference with one of them or that, do you find that there's kind of pros and cons to each? Yeah, I would say that second, pros and cons to each. I mean, there's not really many cons. They're just a little bit di different different kinds of work and and some can be more rewarding than others some are some of the most difficult ones are the most rewarding some of the easiest ones are the most ones that you make the most money on like it's bizarre so uh, you never really know what you're getting into uh you know anime is very technical as i'm sure many of your guests have said dubbing anime is it's like taking a performance and fitting it in it's like, you know, paint by numbers, but you have to make sure the painting is really good. And then um, you have the most freedom in cartoons and then commercials is also technical in a way. And audiobooks are the most mentally taxing because you have to stay focused and tuned in and um, you have to be a really good reader. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go along with that. I think my heart probably lies with comedy wherever it is. Like, I like the dramatic stuff. I have fun with it. But uh, I just recently, they just re recently announced that I'll be doing uh, uh, Mori Jin in God of High School. And one of the most exciting things about that show is that, uh, is all the comedy. Like, I'm super stoked about the fighting stuff. It's really fun. As an anime watcher, I enjoy that kind of, I, was, I grew up on DBZ. Like, that's, I'm, I'm about it. But, um, but the th thing that's most fun for me are the in-between sections where he's like, just totally being really silly and, and there's comedy there. And I find that in anime, when there's comedy, the animation simplifies. So you have a little bit of more freedom to do some funnier stuff than you were when they're just flap, then they're just flapping away in a real dramatic scene. So uh, yeah, whatever I, wherever I get to be funny uh, is when I have the best day at work. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did have a couple more questions before we go into the plug zone, then viewers comments and questions. This is kind of, these next two questions, I try to ask all of my guests that I have on the show because a lot of people who watch the show obviously are here for the wonderful guests that we have on, but we've also noticed that a lot of people who watch the show are also ones that are wanting to either get into the voice acting and acting mm -hmm. kind of industry or already are and just kind of want to know what to do next. So uh, the first question I want to throw at you is how do you, Robbie Damon, kind of deal with rejection? Like I always say, uh, a lot of rejection's everywhere. It's just kind of, you know, a part of life. However, yeah. if there was ever an industry that rejection would be found a lot more compared to others. It was definitely your industry. So I did want to ask how you, Robbie Damon, a mm -hmm. cornerstone in your craft, deals with rejection. I don't know if anybody ever gets <laughs> good at it. I just think you get tempered to it. Uh, um, it's tough because you, you'll hear people say all the time, well, you just can't want anything. And, and at a, to a certain extent, that's true. Because until the minute that it's on the shelf with voiceover, you could be replaced or fired at, at any time. And um, you may never get cast, no matter how talented that you are. So I get that, but there's no way any human who knows what they're doing can't want something. Like if you've got a good role or you know you're up for something or you're in that final round and you want it, you just can't put that away. What you have to be able to do is take those feelings and... Uh, I wouldn't say tamp them down, but more just breathe them out and, and find peace with not getting what you want. And that's weird as a human because we're so like, 
we're so primal. We want to be satisfied instantly, but that's not what this job is about. Because even when I do something that I end up liking, I might not see it for two years. I'll, I'll be like hyped about something and I'll be like, I'm hyped about this cartoon. And by the time it comes out, I'm like, oh, that was two years ago. You know, I'm literally married with a kid now. <laughs> like, I'm a totally different person than I was two years ago. So uh, yeah, I, personally me, I just accept if I want something and don't get it, that it wasn't meant to be. And I just I push it out because I know if you are, if you have perseverance and determination, you are going to get what's right for you down the road. Like, let's say that Spider-Man callback that I had in, you know, 2010 or 29 or whatever it was early in my career. Let's say I got like really hurt about it and I let it affect my performance and I let it divert me from what I knew that I was good at and what knew that I was meant for, uh, that I never would have got the show that I have now, 10 years later. And, and, and that's a, that's really important to be able to deal with those failures and just recognize that, you know, I'm not particularly religious or anything, but I do believe that there, there, there's a path that we're on and we're mostly in charge of it. But the things that you don't have control over, you just got to let them go. That's the, that's the best thing that you can do. And I think that applies to life in general. You can't control everything, especially casting. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Well, uh, again, for the folks kind of watching at home that, you know, are trying to either get into this industry mm -hmm. or at least thinking about it, Sure. What kind of advice would you, Robbie Damon, give them, you know, just so, you know, maybe one day they could be the next Robbie Damon? Yeah, I think uh, you got to get the skills to pay the bills first. Uh, uh, you have to have people on your team who will talk to you honestly. I think that's one of the most important things is to have somebody that you trust that you know is not manipulating you, but that's also giving you honest feedback. So like, you know, you, you like, let's, let's just use your mom. That's the easiest, not your mom, but our mom. <laughs> let's just use a mom. Uh, 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 it could be the uh, either edge of the paradigm, right? Like your mom could be super supportive and be like, yes, honey, do whatever you want. You're fabulous. And maybe you suck and you just don't know it yet. And what you need is more training. Or it could be the other side, you could be really good and you could have someone in your family, it happens all the time, that doesn't support you. And um, I think it, it can, that can be anybody in your life. So you gotta find people you trust with similar interests who are honest with you. And that's part of what theater training was for me, was the, what I got the most out of theater training was scene study, in which I listened to my peers openly and honestly and went, okay, that's what I should work on in the future. And I think that makes you good at taking direction. It makes you more skillful. It opens you up to uh, realizing that maybe you don't have all the answers. And, uh, but also listen when people tell you that, hey, you got a talent for this and don't let your own insecurity tamp down that confidence. So um, I think that's the most important thing. Get training, get people on your team who you trust. And when your opportunity comes, you got to swing for it. You absolutely have to swing for it. And like you said, you might not get it. it. You could fail and then just be ready for your next at bat. You got to go, oh, you got to, it's, it is a grind. You got to continue to pursue it. And um, I, I think that's, I, very rarely does it happen magically. It's mostly just a war of attrition. So. <laughs> war of attrition. I like the sense of that. Well, true. I did want to ask, kind of how important is the equipment, at least starting out? Because I mean, I'm looking in your background. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got to be honest, you, you probably have one of the coolest setups out of all the guests that I've had on this show. Like in a spaceship, right? It, I, just, yeah, I just built this this month. So, really? so don't, be, don't be fooled. I was in a three-quarter booth not that long ago. For sure. Uh, yeah, I've upgraded since I started for the last 12, 12 years. I think these days technology is in such a good place. If you do a little research, I don't, if you've got a computer, 
I don't think your first rig should cost more than 250 bucks max. You could do it for cheaper. Don't get me wrong. You could do it for cheaper. You could get a Yeti or, or a blue snowball and start there for 70 bucks, 100 bucks, and you could totally start there. You could start even cheaper. But if you want to start at a really good launching off point, I would say a, a, a Scarlet interface and some kind of decent analog microphone for like 150 bucks or something. Plug that bad boy in your computer and go to town. And then if you make some money at it or you enjoy it and you want to sound better, then, uh, and you feel like investing in it, it's like any other hobby. Like you wouldn't just go out, like if you were starting a hobby and you're not like super rich, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't, if you wanted to learn how to sail, you would go down to the local pier and get a little tiny little sailboat and, and start and see if you're any good at it or you like it. You wouldn't go buy a mega yacht, you know? So, so I think that your gear can evolve as you evolve and then you just sell it on eBay for 50% of what you spent it for and then do the next upgrade. But yeah, I don't think you don't need a thousand dollar microphone. You don't need a $3,000 preamp. You don't need a $5,000 interface and rack and, and setup. You don't need any of that to start. You can sound pretty sweet with, with a couple hundred bucks that you can, you know, save your pennies for or whatever. So yeah, I don't think you need it. Well, I'm, I hope you guys took some notes because now you have all the skills necessary to become the next Robbie Damon. Now, before we get to the plug zone guys, ladies and gentlemen, we have one final time. If you're watching this live here on Facebook to either message VisionCon directly, your comments or questions or put in the live chat because ladies and gentlemen, we're in the plug zone. Robbie Damon, now is your time to promote, advertise, plug, oh. whatever verb you want to use, anything you want. The floor is yours, sir. I feel like the plug zone is so well branded. I don't want to disrespect it, but I got no I got nothing to hawk, man. Well, where you can come to you can come and find me on Instagram at Robbie Dangerous. You can come and find me on Twitter, where I usually uh, have a mix of uh, uh, politics. Uh, SHIT posts and uh, pictures of me and my daughter and, and, and we have a good time and we joke around. That's about it. And uh, you could go to my website, RobbieDamon.com and there's pictures and videos and I, I write children's books. And uh, what else? You can come to our Lava Twitch uh, account. Uh, that's at Loud Annoying. Uh, we haven't been on as much lately because of COVID and the three of us like to get together. But when we're back, you know, follow now and you'll know when we're allowed to come back and um did i cover it all was that right how'd i do in the plug zone i don't know audiobooks i believe was the last thing oh audiobooks yeah if you like audiobooks you can just uh, search my name on audible and uh you'll find uh you'll find a hundred or so audiobooks including the the newest rick riordan book uh the trials of apollo uh i don't know dude i do a lot of stuff i don't know you, you definitely, i don't know i don't know you, go watch you, it you nailed Wait, it i got one more i got one more i got one more uh, uh, God of High School premieres on Crunchyroll. Uh, the dub premieres, I want to say, on the 24th. But look it up on Crunchyroll and uh, give it a watch. I'm really stoked for you to see uh, to see the show. It's 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 turned out really awesome. Hell yeah! Well, guys, all of those links that we uh, talked about are going to be in the live chat if you're watching this live or if you're watching this later on YouTube down in the description below. And with that, we're out of the plug zone and going right into viewers' comments and questions. So like I always do, guys, I'm just going to pull some both from the VisionCon Messenger and the live chat, kind of make it fair. So give me just one sec. Of course, the always lovely and powerful Marissa Pence compiled a lot of them for me. Thank you, Marissa. You're dear. All righty. So first one up we're going to read is from Evan, who wanted to know, who is your favorite Final Fantasy X character? 
10. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite Final Fantasy tank, uh, Oren, for sure. One, uh, I mean, he's just, I, I'm, I got a sucker for, uh, for the Doctor Strange stripes, the, the fake, the fake pretend uh, hurt arm, and then he just hits you across the universe. Absolute favorite. Uh, mm, that's my favorite male character. Favorite female character, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to my girl, Yuna. I have to. I thought, yeah, I'm in love with her. Come on now. She's the real hero of that whole story. She's the best. You got one? To anyone about how great Final Fantasy X is. I mean, I got right here. Yeah. That was the peak of turn-based, like, combat for me. I, I, I loved it. I loved the active time. Uh, I love how it was all about time and moving your position throughout the strike. I just really thought that was an all-around great game. Yeah, those are my two faves. Slam dunk. Well, uh, Raylene actually tuned in and wanted to know who your favorite Sailor Scout is. Ooh. I know I'm supposed to say Sailor Moon, but the truth (laughs) is Sailor Mars. I like him kind of sassy. I'm married to Redhead. I like him sassy. I like him fiery. (laughs) A little danger. That's my type. Let's go. I did. My well, uh, Zachary wrote in, not me, and <laughs> wanted to know, uh, Robbie, this will be an oddball question. I already started off with a bend. I'm uh, ready. But how do you feel, looking back now, on doing the final season on Telltale Games, The Walking Dead? And oh. do you think that Lily, what is it, Lily, uh, voiced by Nikki Rapp, deserves a standalone game prequel before the events, seasons two and three, of the fourth and final season. Oh, wow. You got a real fan here. Yeah. Uh, I, I really was glad I got to sneak in on The Walking Dead at that last season because I had played it earlier. And that was one I thought was maybe over that I got to go into. So it was a total honor. I, I, I loved Mitch. She was a great character. I got to work with Ray on that one as well in the first chapter. And uh, I know everyone wants to have their favorite Walking Dead characters get their own spinoff. So just for you, Zachary, I'm going to say yes. I think that they should. About <laughs> a, man, that. a real man of the people, Robbie. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So uh, Dylan tuned in and wanted to know, uh, besides Spider-Man, what are some of your favorite superheroes? Oh, these are fun questions. These are all favorite questions. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Marvel kid. I grew up on Marvel stuff. So uh, I, I'm still in the Spider-Man universe, but I really love Ventum, Venom, even though he's an anti-hero. My, my favorite comic book uh, arc, crossover arc is uh, Maximum Carnage. So I, I really love Venom. I like when Venom's being, I like when Venom's being an anti-hero. I'm a big anti-hero fan. I like, I like Batman. I like Moon Knight. I like, uh, I like Namor. I like all these guys that are like rough and kind of edgelords with shady pasts. <laughs> Who, uh, who, but who also want to do good, you know? So uh, I'm, I'm, those are some of my faves. Uh, those are some of my favorite types. Um, and also in the Marvel Universe, I got to love Cap. I love Tony Stark. Um, uh, who else? I'm a big fan of, uh, I was never too big on the Avengers until the films came out in the MCU. Oh, man. You know who I know, you know how, oh, you know another great comic is Spawn. I was a huge Spawn fan oh, yeah. when, I was, uh, when I was a kid. And oh, wait, I didn't, see, I didn't realize, another anti-hero. I'm a sucker for him. <laughs> I'm a sucker for him. That's my I, type. I can't blame you. I mean, those were all dynamite characters. Right? <laughs> well, our final question goes to my boy, Aaron, who wanted Let's to know, which Disney couple would you want Tuxedo Mask and Sailor Moon to double date with? Ariel and Eric or <laughs> uh, Belle and Beast? 
Oh man, great question. So there's no, there's no, there's no try date. It's just a double date. I no, gotta pick. Ah, uh, you know what? I'm gonna pick Ariel and Eric only because it's my wife's favorite movie. And I feel like if we go to their house, it's gonna be a better meal. Cause that psychopathic French chef just seemed like the bomb. Like I know he wanted to murder Sebastian, but that food looked dope. Give me that seafood, baby. I don't care about the couple. I just want the meal. Sure, Let's go. Sure. I'm a practical man, I dig it. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we got for episode 26 of Vision Con Live. And before we wrap things up, Robbie, you wanna end us off on anything? Absolutely. Thank you guys for watching anime. Thank you for playing video games. Thank you for reading audiobooks. Thank you for watching cartoons. Without you, I'd just be a weird dude screaming alone in this room. So I appreciate your time. And uh, I hope to see you all when the world writes itself on the con scene. Come and see a lava show. We'd love to have you. Thank you for having me. The only way out is through. Thank you so much, Robbie. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 26 of Vision Con Live. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure to tune in next time for September 6th for Richard Epcar on episode 27. He, of course, famous for being ba Batu from, uh, why can't I think of the name? Uh, the Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, Anson from Kingdom Hearts, just to name a few. But until next time, guys, I'm Zach Wilson. But much more importantly, this has been my special guest, Robbie, make sure to guys tune in and check out the links below. But until next time, stay safe out there, guys. And always remember that life's better when you have friends to share it with.